Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. I want to show you something. Each day around the world, 5,000 people are infected with HIV. That was over 20 years ago. Today, an estimated one in five gay men in major U.S. cities is living with HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Today, we have the tools to make HIV history. Let's finish what we started. Because the world needs you to live. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you. Regain strength, power, and peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. We're always happy that you could join us. You have such a multitude of choices that you could make, and um, being with us means a lot. Over thousand episodes, million archive listeners, 90 countries, and do know I'm not trying to show off. I think it just amazes me at where we have reached after just really doing this from a really pure level of just expression and a pure level of just being who we are, and that is just having conversations with extremely amazing individuals. It was a rough morning for me today. I woke up slightly miserable. (laughs) I wasn't quite sure what that was all about. But since I got back from India, I have been doing what they call cleaning shop. You know, I'm just cleaning house. I'm, I'm moving a lot of things out that I just feel like we don't need anymore. It's just whether it's staff, even people who are very close to me, and it's not that I don't love them but it's sort of like a little bit of a tough love. I'm just feeling that so much of my energy goes to keeping the immediate energy around me up, and that leaves me with less to offer the humanity that I'm in service to. And I'm not saying that charity doesn't begin at home. It does. And I'm a sole believer of that as well. It is just that I've been having thoughts where I've been thinking to my own spirit, to to my own soul, that if charity begins at home, then isn't it only the appropriate thing that the individuals on the receiving end would value that to the extent that they say, I've got to do well on the charity, I've got to do well on the trust that I've been given, I've got to do well on the fortune that I've been given, I've got to do well because I've been offered so much And so, in many ways, the intention is that that drives you. I was remembering Daddy Janky, who's 101 today, or 102 now, I believe. 
And it was her vision on me. You know, here I am, nightclub slinger, you know, owning two nightclubs, you know, luxury cars in my condo overlooking the Atlantic, dating whomever I wanted to date, play the game, had an amazing body at the time. (laughs) Things do change. But, you know, she looked at me in such a way that it gave me some kind of a different narrative that there's something more about me, that there's a story in me that perhaps I haven't tapped in. And I can recall myself saying that I look at everyone in my life perhaps quite similar because her vision on me was so incredible that it shifted me. It shifted. It opened me up. It pushed me against the grain. And I know that when we spend a lot of time with the same people, look at a married couple, eventually you start to just accept each other's limitations and you maintain your own limitations and you're no longer tested other than the fact that ever so often you get into a bout with each other and then, you know, you forgive each other a day or two later. But there's something in my spirit that's saying, clean shop. I just want to clean out shop. And even though if I'm here alone and my producer has been kind of laughing or smiling and my very good friend, Reverend Sylvia from Unity Church, called me the other day and I go, my God, I don't know how to turn on this washer. How? Where's my laundry? Where do I put it? And I'm like looking for things. I mean, I'm going in the kitchen and I'm going, where is that? Oh, is that where that is? I'm finding things in the house that I didn't know what was there. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing things. I'm donating things. And I haven't lived by myself for like 25 years. And so here I've, I've said, staff, you have to go. I've sent them to another property, another place. Please, you have to go there. Unless I can feel that your energy is, aren't you inspired? Aren't you inspired? Can't you feel your own soul's story calling you to do more than what you have received? And and one of the most challenging experiences, and again, I turn the attention to myself because I, the soul, is an energy. I'm the initiator of what emerges in my life. And so I'm not blaming them, but for me, I'm saying, how can you not be inspired? Everything is there. Meditation museums are great Our respect in the world is amazing. Our love for humanity is out the roof. How can you not wake up inspired? And so I've been just finding myself feeling like Christian Hoffman's new song, which I'm about to play, The Rose. And I want to dedicate that to all of our listeners who might be reaching into a point of evolution and and moving into even another state of purpose in your life. And don't you change that dial. I'm going to be talking to my beautiful friend, Tim Frick, who's going to be talking to us about soul story, the evolution and the purpose of our own lives. Here is Kristen Hoffman's new song, Call the Rose, and you'll be the first to hear it on a global platform. Enjoy it, everyone. Just 
Time to reveal a new me. Don't you love that song? It's called The Rose. Kristen Hoffman with two F. Please go and visit her online. I think she's one of the best up-and-coming singers of our time. Today we're joined by a return guest, Tim Frake. Uh, Freck. Tim, help me. All the way from Glastonbury in Somerset, England, to discuss his new book, Soul Story, Evolution and the Purpose of Life. Tim is a pioneering philosopher and respected authority on ancient and contemporary spirituality whose work has touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. He's the author of Get This, 
34 books, which have been translated in 15 languages. Tim presents life-changing events internationally and online, and he has often been featured in the global media, including the BBC and the History Channel. Today, we're very proud to welcome our dear friend Tim back to the America Meditating Radio. Hi, Tim. Hello. So lovely <laughs> you to heard be back. that I woke up miserable this morning, right? <laughs> I did hear that you woke up miserable this morning. <laughs> I woke up a bit miserable this morning as well. Maybe it's that oh, sort good. of it day. It must be in the air. <laughs> Misery likes yeah. company. <laughs> I have literally got a pain in the neck from sitting in front of the computer too much, and it's just got out of hand. So I'm feeling that's kind of, that must be symbolic, mustn't it, having an actual pain in the neck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and wondering how many pain in the necks have you been for other people? <laughs> oh, I know. That's the thought, isn't it? So the I first thing I need a... to tell you, um, Jenna, is, yeah, it, it is, it's pronounced Freak. My second freak. name is an old, it's an old English name. It's spelled yeah. F-R-E-K-E, but it's actually pronounced Freak, which means you've got okay, a good, good sense of humor. You sure do. You sure do. School must have been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, let's start off with this whole notion of, you know, I've been, I was sharing in my early delivery on the radio that I'm cleaning up shop. And please mm-hmm. know that I think I've got some of the best people around me. So I don't really know what I'm cleaning up other than <laughs> there is an energy of I need to see energy inspired, motivated, and a spirit of, of just feeling so appreciated that I've got so much more than so many. And then I look at my staff or I look at the folks that are living with me and I say to myself, why is it that you're living a life that seems like you're suffering, like you have to beg for something? And I came back from India recently and I've just told myself, I need a space which is mine, which I'm not trying to hold up an energy that doesn't seem to value what it has inherited, so to speak. So this was where I was this morning and a little bit frustrated because I have enough knowledge to know, well, you attracted that, Om Shanti. What is your problem, right? But the fact that I'm moving it out is that I'm telling my soul, I'm now ready for something else. I'm now clearing out stuff. And I love these people. I mean, I was struggling, like, where's the washroom? How do I wash my clothes? With that, I can't find anything. And so it's a whole different experience. And yet, I have felt so free and so liberated. Can you talk to that? Yeah, I mean, one of the places that the, my new book, Soul Story, ends up right at the mm-hmm. end is with the idea that we need to have soul autonomy, that we're all connected, and that there's mm-hmm. this weight to the past. Uh, I call it pastivity. It's something which like, cause it's like gravity. It kind of pulls you back to repeat things over and over. And we all experience that. And the past is a great thing, of course, because it's the foundation from which we go forward. But it's also a weight which can pull us back. And so that I think all of us experience the pastivity of the collective. So you can feel yourself, you know, when we have those moments of really waking up, there's often a collective inertia which pulls us down and we respond you know there's great waves that go through like it's happening at the moment of fear or anger mm-hmm. and we have that in our own circles and we have it in a wider society and one of the roles i think if we if we want to be people who can take this evolutionary process we're in forward then we need to be able to hold to our own center so that when others around us are being washed away in a collective emotion or being pulled into less awake states we've developed the autonomy that we can stay in our own center, we can stay awake, and then act as, as, as a catalyst 
to bring others up rather than being pulled down into those other states. And so one of the things which we do have is, you know, we're affected by everyone who's in our immediate circle. And we can easily be pulled into that or we can hold our own center and have that autonomy. But that's a, it's, a, it's a challenge to develop that. It's part of our evolutionary soul journey to develop that ability to be autonomous. It is, and I always have empathy for couples with many children, and even in Indian families, your in-laws are with you, you know, or the husband's mother and father are living with you. There's nowhere to go. So I get that, yet I don't know if they are evolutionary thinkers or if they're living an average life, which is fine for them. But I know that for me, my destiny is very clear. It's been clear since I was born that there's going to be a demand more of you as a person on the planet, and it's going to be important for you to be able to sustain what is required in your spirit to be of service, not only to yourself, but to others, and especially those around you. And so I know that your book is described as a very bold response to the soul crisis in modern culture. I mean, being in Washington, D.C. in itself has its own energy, and if I could clear Washington, D.C. out, I sure would too. But, you know, <laughs> what is your meaning of the soul, and, and how would you explain the soul crisis that we're experiencing? Because it is now global. Well, there's two big questions there, Jenna, which both are important. The soul crisis, let's start with that. You know, how, we, how we live depends on what we think life is. Now, an awful lot of people never ask that question, what is life? They just live within the cultural assumptions they happen to be born in. The fact that you've led the life you've led, and probably anyone who's listening to this radio station will have made the jump of questioning the culture they were born into and thinking for themselves and looking for deeper meaning. But collectively, the consensus story we're telling in the intellectual mainstream this is not necessarily the most people, and certainly it's true in the UK and, and I think in Europe, is the modern scientific story, which is incredibly powerful. I think it's an amazing story. It has given us the ability to speak in different countries over this phone right now, connect around the world. I mean, its achievements are unbelievable, which is why it's commanded so much respect. But in the small print underneath, it carries a very, very bleak worldview with it, so that if you really get what where we've ended up in our intellectual exploration. We've ended up with a philosophy that goes, the universe exists for no reason. There is no purpose behind existence. It's happened by accident. You are here for a moment, and you're gone. And that's it. So get on with it, which is why I think it's led to a kind of materialism, both philosophically, belief that everything's matter, and also commercially, so that we're just like, well, fill the gap, let's buy more stuff, and, and maybe we can make the most of it while we can. It seems to me that that's a very impoverished and inaccurate view of what life is. And sure. what I've tried to do with my new book, Soul Story, which is a book of philosophy, I mean, it's a, a deep philosophy of of life, hopefully one that people can easily read and, and understand, but deep nevertheless. And it's my attempt to, to answer that crisis which has arisen, this dryness, this emptiness, which is in mainstream culture, of going, look, no, there is purpose here, we need, but we need to understand what it is in a whole new way, in a way that can embrace the great knowledge of science and the wisdom of spirituality, and that needs a new story. And what I'm telling is a new story about what life is, which I hope can be um, intellectually rigorous, can, you, know, you can, quite, can make sense, and can speak to our deeper knowing, which the other stories don't do for me. 
So that, mm-hmm. that's, that would, that's the first question. Maybe we'll just deal with, stick with that for a moment, and then I'll talk about what I mean by the soul. I want to digest that. Yeah, I want to digest that because I think it was important. I mean, I believe in rebirth, or some call it reincarnation. There's got to be some reason to why some are born poor, rich, and um, you know, healthy and unhealthy. There is something that is traveling in the soul, and I don't believe God makes defects. I think God makes beauty and love. And even though if we do bump into an individual who seems to have a little rough handle on life and things aren't so good and health is not so good, it does emote certain things within us. It does help us to be more maybe in service to them. But I don't believe that we're just here to be born, live, die, and that's done. I know that the soul is on a journey. And so you, perhaps just done there, I think, is uh-huh. pointed to what I think is the real problem that we mm-hmm. need to address. And so, mm-hmm. so I, I have exactly the same, you know, intuitions. And probably earlier in my life, I would have been, would have said exactly the same thing. But I think what's happened is that I've started going. No, look, there is a deep feeling when you enter awake states that life is fundamentally good, that we are fundamentally safe, that death is okay, and that what matters is love, and that this journey on it, we are on is significant. And yet, like hundreds and millions of people before us, we wrestle with. Yes, but why is the world the way it is? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Why do some people, why do, you know, why do little babies get AIDS? Why does, you know, if there's a great presence of uh, looking after all of us here, why, why would it do that? And, and, and as we've discovered more, that problem's increased. You know, how can there be a purpose to life if there were 180 million years of, nothing, of dinosaurs? That's mm-hmm. a very long time just to have reptiles pulling, you know, with big teeth tearing each other to shreds. What was that about? Why would you do that <laughs> if there was a purpose to mm-hmm. life? And and those are the reasons why so many people have who've dared to question have gone, do you know what? I then this kind of negative scientific narrative is probably the best one. Because it explains why there were dinosaurs and explains why some people babies have AIDS and exp- because it's all just happening. And there is no rhyme or reason to it. What I want to do is go, no, we, we need to keep that level of clear thinking, which science has, to question those, two, what are very often too easy spiritual ideas, things which don't really make sense. But there's a new way of thinking which enables us to have both. And that is what my, my, my book is, a new form of spirituality, which takes evolution as its basis which sees these qualities, these deep qualities of life, not as present from the start, but as arising through this 13.8 billion year process of evolution, so that we are bringing them into the world now, which is why they don't exist in nature, which is why they're very, when we look into more primitive states, these higher things like compassion and equality and justice and all those great qualities which we bring, they don't exist yet we bring them so that spirituality has itself evolved and we live in a world where all of those levels coexist you know there's the simple elements there's the earth we're standing on there's the plants surrounding us the air we breathe all these simple things still these more primitive levels of evolution are still there supporting us and then we're experiencing being a human body, which is an immensely complex and rich biological mm-hmm. form, which has evolved very recently. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, 
we're experiencing this other thing, which traditionally is called soul. We call it psyche. It's the psyche is the ancient Greek word which means soul. Right now, you and I are experiencing another dimension which doesn't exist in the world of the senses. It's where you're understanding the meaning of these words right now. That's where, where, we're, that's where we're actually meeting through meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's soul. So it wasn't there beforehand. It's arisen through mm-hmm. this. So, you know, the subtitle of your book is Evolution and the Purpose of Life. So, I mean, we come here for a reason, I say, to live and be happy and, and generous and peaceful and loving, and then we bump into hell, high water, and everything else. So what is the purpose of life by Tim Freak? <laughs> well, try out this and see what you think. Mm. It seems to me that for 13.8 billion years, this process of evolution, uh, potentiality has been realized. When we think about what exist, existed before the Big Bang, what existed before all of this came into existence, then I think we can say it was the potentiality for all of this. And one of the, the words that the philosophers have often given that potentiality is spirit. There's an essence, a spirit, which is the potential for everything, and that it's realizing itself through an evolutionary process so that deeper and deeper potentialities are being manifest. We've gone through the first phase, which was the evolution of matter in all of its diverse forms. And then once that had happened, we were able to go through the evolution of life in all of its Mm -hmm. diverse forms. That led then to the emergence of soul, this other dimension which we're experiencing, the imagination, the mind. There's all many different words for it, which is the latest thing. So, Mm -hmm. And that's what defines us. So the general answer I would give is the purpose is the emergence of ever greater potentials, the realization of ever greater potentials. But what that means for you and I as soul, as, as beings who are, who are existing on the soul level, is it feels that we are coming, we are realizing, let me try this, we are, we are forming what we are. We are forming soul. We are coming into form. Can I just divert into some ideas about time, Jenna? You Please. Some, wow. It's a whole world view that I'm trying to convey, mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. it kind of needs to come from different angles, and it's a new world view. So because it's a new world view, it takes numbers of thoughts to coalesce. So that process which we've seen of time, 13.8 billion years of time passing, we say it passes. That's the analogy we use of time, isn't it? Oh, it's passed. What I want to suggest is that that's not a good analogy, that time doesn't pass. Actually, time accumulates, and there's more past now than there was when we started this conversation. There's more past now in every moment, and that the past is accumulating, and that the past hasn't gone anywhere, that actually the past is, is implicitly in the moment, because this moment would not be what it is if it wasn't for everything that has happened previously. If anything were different, this moment would not be this moment. So implicit in this moment is the beginning of our conversation, you asking me to come on the show, your birth, my birth, the creation of the solar system, and the Big Bang itself. Everything is inherent in this moment. So the past has Mm -hmm. accumulated. What that means then for you and I, a soul, is that we are made of the past accumulating. 
we're not little slices in the now. We are everything we've ever been. So right now, everything I've ever been is meeting everything you have ever been, because everything we've ever been is implicit in this moment. So the answer to the question, what is our purpose, it seems to me, is to consciously engage with forming what we are. We are these streams of soul. We are these beings of time whereby we're, we're becoming into form. In every moment, we're coming into form. I'm different now than I was when I started this conversation. You are too. We're different. We're more. We're more. We're more. But we can choose what that is. And you started off this whole radio, this, this program, saying you were making some big changes. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is you consciously engaging with the formation of your soul. You're going, mm-hmm. it now needs to move in this direction. And then that will be part of your past and define who you mm-hmm. are. And you will have mm-hmm. come into form. And new potentialities, which didn't exist before, will now exist. And that will be what you are. So are you talking about the philosophy of emergent spirituality, which tends to reconcile these two worldviews, like two you know, worldviews of science and spirituality, perhaps? That's exactly it. I call it emergent spirituality because the idea here is that we need a new way of thinking. The old spiritual ideas, I don't think, are working anymore. They, mm-hmm. They're not grounded enough. They need to relate to our new knowledge from science. But science misses out soul. For science, it's literally soul-destroying because it takes this experience you and I are having right now of soul, of the imagination, and it mm-hmm. says it's merely a byproduct of a piece of meat. That's all it is. There's nothing else to it. But if you've explored soul, which I know you have, and I certainly spent my whole life doing it, you know it's vast in there. <laughs> you know, you, you through meditation and, and whatever you, you use to explore soul, there's a universe there. It's mm-hmm. not a byproduct of anything. So what we need is a, an understanding which can genuinely unite these two things together. And I think the key to it is understanding or a different understanding of this story of evolution the way that new things are constantly coming into being. And we are right here at the cutting edge of that process of evolution. Okay. okay I'm going to keep thinking more into this because I think it, it requires an ongoing conversation. How's the book doing, and where can our readers get some more information on Soul Story? Uh, well, it's not out until the 21st of April officially. They can get it right now okay. from my website, get a signed version from my website, and they can pre-order it from Amazon, of course, where it's probably cheaper, but you don't get it signed. And uh-huh. it's doing really well because at the moment it's just being circulated amongst people who wanted, couldn't wait to get their hands on it. Right. And I think for, for, for those who are looking for this, for those people who are looking for something substantial to really ground their journey... I hope it can play a really positive role and, and provide, it's my contribution to the ongoing creation of a new spirituality for the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Leave us with a website, Tim, that our readers can get a hold of you. And thank you so much for always being so wise. It's a real pleasure. You can get me on timfreak.com, which is T-I-M-F-R-E-K-E. Dot com. And there's also there's loads of free stuff where you can find out more about this. There's a film coming out called Emergent Spirituality because this is stuff that you need to be around for a little while. You, you know, it's not easy. You know, you don't pick it up in a few seconds. It's, it's, you need to be able to give it some real attention. Um, and so there's going to be a free film. And there's going to be a free forum where you can talk directly with me uh, and actually get to the root of these ideas and ask some big questions and hopefully find some big answers which I hope will resonate within you. 
and, and can mm. help you understand this wonderful process we're in in a rich new way. Mm, beautiful. Love it. Tim, all the very best. Om Shanti and take care. Om Shanti and you take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. So it's so vast, you know, it's true. Science will not really, perhaps they might never identify the power of the soul, but it is. It's Many scientists are getting closer to the fact that it is a very strong reality and it is a very important reality that does exist. And I think the more I can apply silence, and I don't mean just being away from everyone, but an absence of waste and negative thinking balanced with wisdom, mystical teachings of the past and bringing that in my everyday life, bringing that in the way I wash dishes, bringing that in the way I get dressed, bringing that in the way I create, bringing that in the way I I make decisions at work or even um, write a book tends to, I believe, unfold the beautiful purpose of life. And so I really loved him. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Um, As usual, please download the Pulse for Peace app and don't hesitate to send us an email if you've got any questions. The Meditation Museum, we've been here for 20 years in the nation's capital. Please save your seat. July 2nd, 3.30 to 6 p.m. at the MGM Major Ballroom. And we've got the hall almost full with 2,000 seats. And so please feel free to go on to meditationmuseum.org and go to events. And uh, feel free to register your ticket and leave us a donation for America Meditating so that we can keep continuing to offer beautiful conversations online. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same. I'm going to end with Sanatan Kaur, who will be in D.C. in May, and she's a sweetheart, and we're also going to be there with her as well. Please do go to Sanatan Kaur's website. She'll be able to offer you information and get your tickets for her beautiful concert coming up. I went to the one last year, which was a meditative one, and it had a real beautiful vibe to it. Very, very relaxing. So you want to go to sanatamcore.com and try to reserve your tickets for her upcoming concert in May in Washington, D.C. And that date will be May 10th. All right, here's Ek Omkar by Sanatamcore. Take care, everyone.